Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio.
we have Brother Jay Devon on uh, Las Vegas Rocks Radio. So check him out. Uh, he's allowed me to be on his show a couple of times, and I, I appreciate the brother for, for doing that. And, um, you know, we just try to be a part of the community. We also have the uh, gathering that we do every Friday at 12.30, excuse me, at 12 o'clock p.m., usually at the Westside Bistro located at 710 West Lake Mead Boulevard. But we also have it when the bistro is closed at TC's Rib Crib. That's right, TC. Rib crib. If you all like some good southern ribs, then you want to eat at TC's Rib Crib. So we uh, we have that. As a matter of fact, we were there last week, and believe it or not, we're going to be back uh, this coming Friday. Uh, this coming Friday, we will be back for the gathering at TC's Rib Crib. And TC's Rib Crib. Is, is easy to find. All you have to do is it's where uh, Durango and Spring Mountain meet, and that's 3655 South Durango Drive, 3655 South Durango Drive. We'll be there this coming Friday at 12 o'clock for the gathering. And the gathering is a collection of people from the community where we come together to get to know each other, uh, establish relationships, uh, because we feel that once you know somebody and you've been with them for a while, especially over a meal, you get to know them, and then you develop your comfort zone, whatever that is, and from there you can move forward into other endeavors. Other endeavors we have moved into, uh, for example, the third Saturday of every month, uh, we do a uh, cleanup at the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. statue in North Las Vegas, right at the corner of Cary and Martin Luther King Boulevard. That's right. We have a Martin Luther King Boulevard here in Las Vegas, and it just so happens that our larger-than-life size statue is located off of Martin Luther King Boulevard, and the cross street would be Cary Avenue. So we will be there this coming Saturday. That's January 14th from about 5.30 to 7 o'clock. I hope you can come out and join us for a candlelight vigil. It's a free community event. It's children-friendly, family-friendly. As a matter of fact, that's one of the reasons why it was developed, was to give families a chance to reflect on Dr. King and, and his, his dream that some say maybe is a nightmare. What say you? Well, and, and we do other things, too. So come on out and join us the second Tuesday of each month. We do a uh, gathering after dark. It's been at Lolo's Chicken and Waffles at the Best of the West Shopping Center uh, at the corner of Lake Mead and Rainbow Boulevard. That's the second Tuesday of each month from 6 to 8, normally at Lolo's at the corner of Lake Mead Boulevard and Rainbow. And, oh, big announcement, big announcement. There is a movie theater that is opened up in Las Vegas, that is black-owned. Yes, there is a movie theater that opened up. There. And I'm talking, you know, when you walk into this place, it grabs your attention. It is nice. I'm not one that normally goes out to the movies, but I did go to see the new Star Wars movie, Rogue One, and, man, the seats were so comfortable. I'm talking about, you know, the reclining chairs. You press a button. And they recline, yes, leather, 
and the place is new because, you know, it's just open. So it smells new. It has that new movie theater smell, like the new car smell. Uh, very nice spot. I would encourage you all to go down and uh, enjoy the Eclipse uh, movie theater, which is downtown Las Vegas off of 3rd Street. Downtown Las Vegas off of 3rd Street. Uh, this place has a lounge. It has a bar. And when you go inside the actual theater, you go inside the actual theater, you can order food, drink, if you're so inclined, right from your theater seat. A waiter will come to you and take your order and bring you back your food, of course, bring you back the bill too. And, but you can do that right from your seat. How nice is that? So the Eclipse Movie Theater downtown Las Vegas off of 3rd Street, I hope you all will get a chance to go down and support it. And those of you who are African American, and especially my Hotep brothers and sisters, my black conscious community, we're always saying how we need to have more of this and more of that. And I've always said we need to support what we have. Well, someone built the more without the support. Now it's time for the support. So when you go down and support the Eclipse Movie Theater, because it is there to provide good service to everyone who enters its doors. I went down there, and I spent my money, and I was happy to do so. I hope you will go down and do the same. So that's uh, some of the big news. Uh, oh, homegirl. Erica Washington's birthday was yesterday, and she's having a birthday party tomorrow. So happy birthday and big shout out to Erica Washington for having a, another birthday, another year of life. She is one of the early members of the gathering. So big shout out to uh, Erica Washington. Uh, another event that's going on today is they're having a progressive summit for you progressives out there. Uh, also, Devin Moore with a bunch of other uh, female organizations, they have, I guess it's like the girls' weekend going on. I listened to his and watched his video uh, earlier this morning. They're out hiking. Uh, they're having a black expo. I believe it's this afternoon. <clears throat> Excuse me. They're having an after party. I mean, they just got a whole day, a whole weekend of activity. So I hope you all will get a chance to go down and uh, check some of that out because it is, uh, well, again, that, that, that black is a black woman business expo. You got to check it out. Before Christmas, I believe it was Sister AK and Sister Nas did something similar, and I actually found some Christmas gifts there. So you never know what you may find. So if, if you have time, please go down and spend some of your, your dollars there. Now, I'm going to do a show, and I was thinking about it before I started this show today, and the title of the show is going to be, If You Are Not Willing to Spend Your Money, Expend Your Energy and Your Time, Then It Is Not Important to You. Now, I may cut the title down, but that is the gist of the show. 
If you are not willing to spend your money, spend your time, and spend your energy toward the thing, then it's not that important to you. And if I'm wrong, please let me know because the world does not work on just thought. It may start there, but what makes the world work is actions. And that action in America especially has a lot to do with money. So something to think about. That's an upcoming show. Now, to get back to today's show, and once again, the title of today's show is a very simple one, and we're going to do a short show today. There's so many things going on, as I mentioned, uh, but the title of our show today, it should be Help President Trump, 347-826-9600, 347-826-9600. Should we help him? I mean, and, and some of you say, Rodney, are you serious? Well, let me tell you why I believe this is important. If half of the country, and it's roughly 47%, vote Democrat, and roughly 47% are Republican, it's fairly split, evenly split, right? So this is called the United States of America. And we only have one president at a time. Now, I realize that President Trump at times seems to have infringed on President Obama's final two months. So I'm not justifying that. But here's the thing. The, and you all heard your mother say it. Does two wrongs make a right? Does two wrongs make a right? If he did it, does that mean, or someone else, in this case, Mitch McConnell, the GOP leadership, when President Obama came in office, I believe it was Mitch McConnell, got on the Senate floor and said the single most important thing was to make President Obama a one-term president. Now, I thought that was folly and fouled in, and I think it's folly and fouled now, just as well, maybe, no, no, maybe, it folly and foul to not work with President Trump. Now, let's make sure that you all are clear on what I'm saying when I say work with President Trump. As an example, President Trump has a 10-point black agenda, African-American agenda. Now, it is not the best. But it is something. It's not that much different from things we've seen in the past, but it is something. Now, suppose, and this is what I asked the people at the gathering yesterday. I said, suppose President Trump calls you down to Trump Towers, and he said, hey, I want to help you, whoever your group is, the country. Specifically, I want to help African Americans. I have a 10-point plan. But it's my 10-point plan. It's not necessarily your 10-point plan. And I want you to help put some meat on the bones of this 10-point plan, my 10-point plan, so that it can be our 10-point plan and I can be better focused on the things that's truly impactful to you. Now, what some people said yesterday at our gathering, 
And what some people in Congress are saying and in the public is that, no, by no means should we help Donald Trump do anything. Now, that's one half. And when I, when I heard that and I asked them why, they gave me the reason why I just gave you. Hey, they wanted to make President Obama a one-term president. They wanted to repeal and replace Obamacare. That's all they wanted to do. So I'm not helping the president do anything. But it's supposed what the president, January 20th, 2017, at 12.01 p.m., will become the president of these United States of America for a four-year presidential term. I know many people are saying, well, he won't make it through four years. But suppose he does, because most presidents make it through four years. Whether we like them or not, they make it through four years. So suppose, suppose he does make it through four years. Are we supposed to just hold our breath? Because what that reminds me of, and I usually don't like to use adjectives, but it does remind me of how children behave. And if we go tit for tat, so the GOP didn't want to work for President Obama. Well, now, and I think our country is weaker because of it, because there's a brain trust of half the country that was not actively engaged with the presidency. If we do the same thing with President Trump, there will be a brain trust, and I'm talking about if you're progressive, it'll be progressive. If you're liberals, it will be liberals. If you're African-American, then it'll be African-Americans who are not, if it's women, they'll not be working with the president of the United States towards the betterment of our country and the plight, maybe whatever your interest is. So we can do that. Now, we had eight years of that with President Obama and the GOP. Right now, President Trump is scheduled for a four-year term. Do we want four more years of it? Because that will be a total of 12 years. Can we stand that? As infrastructure used to be one of those things that easily passed Congress. I mean, they got a bunch of money, a bunch of poor communication created a bunch of jobs, a bunch of people got rich. And the communities got the streets, roads, bridges. It, it got the infrastructure, airports. It, it got things that it needed. Well, we know that our bridges are literally falling apart in this country. We know that we have a legacy electrical grid that is, to cyber terrorism. We know these things. This is not mythopedic that I'm talking about. These are things that are actually in existence right now. So do we, those who may not have voted for President Trump, and I didn't vote for President Trump and I didn't vote for Hillary Clinton, but especially for those Democrats out there, do you just set this one out? Suppose he gets reelected. Because remember, you said he couldn't get elected in the first place, and he did. As a matter of fact, when it went actually to the Electoral College for the actual vote, 
he actually kind of gained the gap between him and Mrs. Clinton. As some of Mrs. Clinton's delegates abandoned her, I mean, he had a couple that abandoned him too, but actually it was more that abandoned her. So this is what we have. I've told a story on this show often of how when I was a little boy growing up in rural North Carolina living with my grandmother in the same house that her husband built for her on land that's been in my family for, wow, over 100 years. Excuse me. And we didn't have grass. As a matter of fact, we didn't want grass for up in our yard. Grass was like a weed to us. So we would go out and pluck the grass like weeds, and we would rake the dirt. We would rake. That's right. You heard me correctly. We would rake the dirt. And it would remove the loose debris, the rocks, the pebbles, and it softened the top layer of, of the dirt. And it, you could make designs with your rake, and my grandmother did, and I thought it was pretty. And I've shared this story many times, but I'm sharing it again. Because one of the reasons why my grandmother raked the dirt and kept it looking presentable, nice, felt good under your feet and everything when you first walked on it, is because it was all we had. And she says we should take care of whatever it is that we have to the best of our ability. In this case, raking the dirt to make it look and feel as good as we possibly could. Her thought was, if you take care of this now, when you get more, you will be in a position to take care of it. And then one more story. My father, I met him when, on my 18th birthday. I physically met him on my 18th birthday. And on my 18th birthday, he knew I was going to college. And my college was, I believe it was 51 miles exactly from my house. It had no campus. So I had to travel every college day to college, 51 miles there, 51 miles back. So you're talking 100, excuse me, you're talking 500 miles a week, every week. As you can tell, that would be a lot of miles on the car for college. And my father I didn't own a car, as a matter of fact. I didn't even have my driver's license when my father gave me the car. And he did give me a car. Yep. Something I never dreamed of. Because that just wasn't where my mind was as a child growing up. And I wanted a new car, of course, and I wanted a fancy car, a little sports car. They had uh, Mercury Capris out at the time. And it had the turbocharged engine. It was fast. And, you know, it was a nice car, right? My father thought about it. But my father didn't get me that new car. He could have. Heck, he could have got one a year old for me if he wanted to. But he didn't. He wound up getting me a 1975 Malibu Chevelle. A 1975 Malibu Chevelle. It had plain tires. Had the half-moon hubcap. 
single exhaust. It even had a bench front seat. Uh, that's right, a bench front seat. It had an AM radio. It did have air conditioning, and it did have power steering and power brakes. When it came to power, that was it. It had a 350 uh, small block Chevy motor. Nice motor, ran great. But that's what my father gave me. A plain jean car. As a matter of fact, so plain jean that the local county mounties had basically the same car <laughs> as their uh, highway patrol car back in, in the 70s. Same car. It looked like I was riding around in a highway patrol car. Same color even. That was my first car. And I kind of I mean, I wasn't mad that I didn't get the new car, but I was a little disappointed, I'll admit. And when I talked to my father about it, basically he explained it to me like this. Well, Rodney, you didn't even have your driver's license. And you've never owned a car before. You've never even driven a car before. You don't know how to work on a car. So you needed transportation back and forth to college something to go see your girlfriend. I provided you with a vehicle that will take you back and forth to college and back home. And that on the weekends and when you have time off, you can drive to your girlfriend's house. But it was like, you know, I lived in rural North Carolina, so if I wanted to go to my girlfriend's house, that was like a 14-mile drive. We're talking one way. And believe me, where she lived was no bigger than where I lived. <laughs> So there was nothing to do at either place. But if I, but you know, when you have a girlfriend, you want to see her. That's that's what you do, and that's all you need when you're young. So he said that, and I thought about it, and he says, you know, you get this car, and you take, you learn how to drive, you get your driver's license, you learn how to take care of it, and then we will see about another car in the future. We will see about another car in the future. So when the car needed an oil change. I learned how to do oil changes. When the car needed a tune-up, I learned how to do tune-ups. And I learned how to do other things on the car. And it was, you know, it's an older car, 1975, so most of it was non-electronic. You know, we, we're talking wrench turning. And it probably, looking back at it, it was a great decision because I learned how to work on cars. When I eventually moved away from home, went into the military, I took that car. It drove me across country. That car was a very reliable car. And I didn't have to pay for it. Insurance was very inexpensive on that car. Saved me money. That car, that one car, taught me a lot about ownership. Not only vehicle ownership, but home ownership. In other words, you have to maintain what you have. What you're willing to work and what you're willing to put into it economically, financially. And eventually I put better tires on it and got some wheels for it, took the bench seat out, put bucket seats in, put a nice AM, FM cassette even, stereo radio. First I had an A-track though. <laughs> it wasn't even an in-dash A-track. It was an external A-track. But I did have it because originally the car had one speaker in the dash. But what I'm trying to say, what I'm using that analogy, trying to share with you, is that I wasn't 
ready for a new vehicle. So I was given an older vehicle to prep me to get me ready. So sometimes you have to start at one place in order to move to a next place, and that's how this relates to President Trump. He is our president. He may not be exactly who and what we want, but because of the way our government is set up, we have an opportunity to work with him and to help make him and his presidency. And really, I'm interested in his presidency. Hopefully, we can do something to help him become a better man, as we all should want to become better. But really, it's helping him so that the country can do better. Or do we want to go tit for tat? In other words, you Republicans were against our Democratic president, so now us Democrats are going to be against your Republican president. We didn't get nearly as much done during President Obama's administration that could have been done, though a lot did get done. I just don't know if the country is falling apart. And see, it's falling apart not just with infrastructure, you know, those physical brick and mortars, they call it, but it's also falling apart from how the country sees itself. Now, we know that this country has always had division in it from its inception. And I am not saying it's worse today than at any other time in its history. But what I am saying is that it's pretty bad. And when are we going to stop being different political parties and individuals and be the United States of America, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty? You know that part, indivisible? As a kid growing up, when I thought of indivisible, I kept thinking, so they're going to make it so you cannot see it anymore? I didn't quite know what indivisible meant. And indivisible, if you get rid of the in, divisible, get rid of the A-B-L-E, and you have divide. So when it says indivisible, it's talking about one nation, one people that is not separate from itself. It's talking about people who may have come from Europe, South America, Russia. Didn't make a difference. But when you came to this soil, you became American. Now, some people are going to say, yeah, but this country really doesn't belong to them. It belongs to the native brothers and sisters, 1,000% correct. But under this form of government as it is today, even Native Americans consider themselves Americans under the United States flag. So if Native Americans who owned this before those Europeans took this land from them can call themselves Americans, then why can't we? 
you see, I've been to countries that are divided. All you have to do is go to any Middle Eastern country. You don't even have to go there, but that's where I was. Once you go there and you see the various factions, how they see each other, how they act towards one another, how they kill one another. Many times for reasons of things that happened years, decades, centuries, even a millennia ago, they're still fighting over it. I'm talking a virtual Hatfield and McCoy's that has lasted for hundreds of years. You see, if you're busy killing each other, then you're not busy building up each other. That was what made America great. Some people say, well, Rodney, why would you use that phrase? That's a Donald Trump phrase. Well, first of all, it's words. And words belong to no one unless you've copyrighted them. And Make America Great was used by the beloved Bill Clinton before Donald Trump. So what did it mean when Bill Clinton used it? Let's get away from all of these little things. Because the idea should be to pool our resources and to build up one another, which means we build up this country. But we didn't have any callers today. And maybe you guys are just meant to hear me. I want a better country for my children and my children's children. Heck, I'd like to have a better country for me. I don't think we can get that better country if we're busy dismantling the country, tearing it down, and dividing it up. We just don't become stronger that way. We have to find a way where we can come together, govern together, live together. I mean, just imagine if we're identified by our political party affiliation, that that separates families husbands from wives, parents from children, children from their siblings. Because of our politics, politics was not designed to divide us. Politics was designed so that we would come together to build us up. Just because other people have taken it and use it for their own negative devices does not mean we have to buy into it and become the Hatfields and McCoys in politics. Many of you know that I've struggled with being a Democrat. I've struggled with just being a member of any particular party because I don't really fit in 100% with the Democrats. I don't fit in 100% with the Republicans. But then independence, I'm definitely not a libertarian, though there's some things I support. See, I support certain things of each one. That used to be the hallmark of America is that we got people from all over the world, and we could take the best things from each of those groups 
potatoes from Ireland, just as an example, just as an example. Could you imagine America without pizza today? (laughs) So we took the best, and then we made it ours and became the envy of the world. We have both parties saying, take our country back. And they're talking about from their political persuasion. When I say take our country back, I'm speaking as an American. Now, some people say, well, Rodney, you're a black man. This country wasn't made for you. Okay. I don't disagree with that. But it's here and I'm here and you're here. Don't you want to make it the best it can be? And if it can never be as good as it could be because of the way it started out, don't you at least want to make it the best that it can be? Because we're still living here and our children are living here. You know, it's like moving into a house, living in a house, and the house is falling apart. Because you don't like the house, you decide to put nothing in the house, but it's where you live. The carpet is messed up. Stuff don't work. Looks bad, smells bad. Dangerous walking in it, sharp edges, paint peeling. Now you can talk about, well, this house wasn't built for me. And you're right. But it's the house that you're in right then, like the yard that we had as a child. You're in it. Don't you want to make it the best? Because here's the thing. We do as we practice. And if we practice doing nothing, then that's what we do is nothing. And when we get better, because we don't have the experience like I got from taking care of that car, we don't know how to do it. We have to learn it. If it's even learnable, because we have to unlearn the other bad habits. You see, that's what my father taught me by giving me that car. That's what my grandmother showed me by raking that yard. You take care of what you have, and you make it the best. And even though I knew my car didn't have the nice, shiny, dual exhaust, chrome tip pipes sticking out the back, it didn't have the nice chrome rim that came out during my time. I mean, they were out before, but they really popularized during my time. You know, it had a bench seat. It didn't have bucket seats. It didn't have the automatic in the floor. It didn't have tilt steering wheel. It didn't have power windows and power door locks. It was a car that took me. And what it did was it gave me an opportunity to work on it and make it better. And it also, more importantly, gave me an opportunity to become better and learn some things that helped me in the long run. Even when I go to the, now, you know, I I take the car into the shop. But if the guy tells me something that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about, one, I know he's telling me some bovine defecation, and two, I know to leave that shop and save my money. That's from working on a car. See, my father knew that. We're better together as a nation when we work together. We have to find a way. So the title of our show today was, Should We Help President Trump? 
I was hoping you all would tell me. But since it's just me today, I'm going to suggest that we should. And that doesn't mean he's going to do everything that we say or that we want him to do. But for sure, if we don't say, if we don't try to help, and he just does what we see in him right now, then at the end of four years, if we have no more than what we have, as a matter of fact, if we wind up having even less, let's just say we finally get someone in that we're willing to help. Look at how much work has to be done to get it back. And then how much work has to be done to move forward. Isn't that wasting time? And how much will people suffer while we're being selfish? How many people will suffer because we weren't willing to help, offer help? I want us to think about that. And then here's the thing. If we do not like who we have now, what are we doing to ensure that we have someone and some things better next election cycle? We have municipal elections coming up. We have congressional elections coming up. We have the presidential election coming up in less than four years because it takes a while. And for my African-American community, do you know what it is that you want? And are you able to articulate? Even if you didn't think President Trump was going to do anything for you, a value to start thinking about what you really need. And when I say what you really need, I'm not talking about just, oh, well, I need jobs. I need a job. I need my better school. You know, those are, those are just almost platitudes nowadays. What is it about, what, what do you need to get you that job besides just jobs? Because there's jobs available now. There's a million jobs that's not, uh, over a million jobs that go unfilled every year. So there's jobs available. What do you need? You need a better education? All right, well, what makes a better education? Be specific. You know, I, I hit on these things often. Next, next week, next Sunday, a week from tomorrow, is the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday, birthday anniversary. He was a man, he, he, he spoke well, inspirational, charismatic speaker. Yes, he was. But he was also a man of action. You know, he thought, he prayed about it, he thought about it, he talked about it, and then he went about it. You know, he did it. So he wasn't just a talker. He was a doer. What are you willing to do? Remember, if you're not willing to spend your money, your time, or your effort, then it's probably not that important to you. Living in a country that is better in four years 
from today than it is now is my goal, regardless of who the president is. If there's something that I can do to help, then I want to help. If that means going and talking to the president-elect when he's the president and saying, this is what's important to us, then help me. Remember, the people who may be suffer from this may be someone that you know, family member, friend, but it might just be you. Let's make America as good as it can be for as many of us as it can be. Let that be our goal. Well, next Sunday is the late Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday anniversary. Saturday, January 14th, will be the ninth annual Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. candlelight vigil, and it will be at the Dr. King statue here in North Las Vegas. Actually, it's where North Las Vegas and Las Vegas intersect at the corner of Martin Luther King Boulevard, Cary Avenue. Martin Luther King Boulevard and Cary Avenue next Saturday at 5.30 p.m. at the Dr. King statue, Martin Luther King Boulevard and Cary Avenue. It's going to be a, a very simple program where we reflect on Dr. King, hear a few people speak, on his impact to them, hear some of Dr. King's speeches, reflect on those. We'll light some candles, and then we'll go home. Dress warmly, and I hope I'll see you there and spread the word. You've been listening to Our Own Voices Live, and today's topic was should we help President Trump? Thank you, everybody, for listening in, and I hope that you'll have a prosperous and healthy, productive week. This is Rodney Smith standing in for my co-host, Angela Thomas, on Our Own Voices Live, where our topic is, should we help President Trump? See you back here next Saturday at 1230, if not before. May even do a special relationship program. So stand by to hear more about that. Because, boy, I got a hot topic for you all. (laughs) All right, everybody. Enjoy your Saturday and spend some time with family. Spend some time with you and grab a book. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 